You're listening to highlights from the Creative Processes interview with Ian Baruma. This podcast is supported by the Jan Mischalski Foundation. I mean, I've always been interested in, and in some ways, all the books I've written um, revolve around this same subject, uh, which is how people imagine themselves, what they think they are, how they imagine their identities, uh, and so on. And that has as it's probably true of all writers, it has an autobiographical um, background in that I grew up in Holland, but my mother was was not Dutch, she was British. And so I was always very aware ever since I was a child of different national characteristics uh, of different ways of behaving, even speaking different languages. We spoke several languages at home. So you become very attuned to that. And so, most of my writing, whether it's about Japan or China or, or, or Europe, is really about that question of what people think they are, how they imagine themselves to be, and so on. And so this book, Theo van Gogh, was a, an opportunity for me to um, go back to the country I grew up in, which I left when I was 23, and I've never really lived there for extended periods of time since. Um, but to come to grips with how Holland had changed. And, um, uh, and it changed a great deal. Because when I grew up uh, in The Hague in the, in the 50s and 60s, um, it was still somewhat unusual to come from a family with uh, parents who were from different countries and, and so on. I mean, not that unusual. I knew other people who were in the same position, but it was still somewhat unusual. I mean, society was very white. Um, not homogeneous, but nonetheless um, uh, very Dutch in a traditional sort of way. Uh, when I went back in 2004, uh, things had really changed quite drastically. And this was not surprising in a city like Rotterdam or Amsterdam or even The Hague, which are, are you know, they're not, None of them is a metropolis like New York or Paris or London, but nonetheless, they're big cities. And to, to see large immigrant populations there was not surprising. Um, but even small towns uh, had really changed. And you saw um, people from an immigrant background all over the country. And this had changed things now and, and, and was clearly causing tensions. It also was enriching. Uh, in my view. Um, I mean, I think countries need Im immigration and there are many advantages to it. Um, but it was causing tensions and it was those tensions that, that I found interesting. Now, the, the book caused a lot of um, controversy in, in the Netherlands itself because I expressed quite a lot of skepticism um, about the idea that uh, Islam was the greatest uh, threat to Western civilization and that this, this was inevitably going to lead to catastrophes and so on. And some friends of mine, uh, people who had always been sort of on the left, um, were convinced that this was so. And so my skepticism uh, was met uh, with quite a lot of hostility which in itself, of course, is part of the story, part of the tensions that, that, that um, exist. Uh, one thing that has certainly uh, changed since then, and, and I should have seen coming, and in some ways I did see it, but I didn't see it in the way it actually unfolded, which is so often the case, 
um, the, in, in politics, in mainstream politics, the role of the anti-immigrant right wing, um, as is true in other parts of Europe, has grown uh, enormously. So in the last uh, general election, um, uh, the far right parties, um, all of whom are uh, hostile to immigration and especially to, to Islam, um, now have almost 30% of the votes, um, which for a small and relatively peaceful and, and prosperous societies is pretty bizarre. And uh, when I was writing this book, uh, the voters for the far right parties would not be much more than 15%. So that's a very big change. And I did, in, a, in a sense, I did, well, one thing I didn't see coming at all is that the main politician who is still very successful, um, who's the sort of, uh, he's a friend of Martin Le Pen, very much of that kind of persuasion, Geert Wilders. Uh, I actually interviewed him uh, for this book um, uh, he still allowed me to interview then, I wouldn't get even near him now. Um, and I spoke to him for more than an hour and I never used a word he said. I thought this is not gonna go anywhere, this guy. I mean, I didn't see it. Um, I interviewed somebody else from his party and thought he had much more possibility. He's just a councilman in Rotterdam now. So I've completely misjudged Wilders, but the, the growth of the, of the far right uh, has been remarkable. I can only emphasize that in terms of education is that everything should be fostered to open people's minds, open minds to the past, to other cultures, uh, uh, and, and so on, and not to have them have minds closed by um, limiting ourselves more and more to um, the, the circumstances of our birth. And one remark I would make about the current discussions about um, minorities, identity, and so on, is that I, I have a strong feeling at the, that at the moment, in, especially in the United States, um, people are much more interested in the culture and backgrounds and so on of minorities than they are in the cultures where those minorities originally came from. In other words, there is huge interest now in a category that's virtually meaningless, I think, but say Asian Americans, but there's much less interest in China or India or uh, Thailand or, um, and I think that's a pity. And I, and I think it's a sign of people drawing inwards more and more. Um, and that, that goes for the, 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 the right-wing populists and, and white uh, supremacists just as much. I mean, they're also drawing the wagons around what they see as their identity. And I think that's exactly not the way to go. Yes, exactly. We have to be able to look beyond these slogans to nuanced individual experiences. Mm. Mm. And then our 
individual responsibilities within that. Uh, and I think that your writing throughout your career, and then of course, uh, your photography and your, uh, the, uh, the many things that have gone into making you as a, a writer is really um, a constant uh, example of that, and how we might live more examined lives with a greater sense of uh, individual responsibility. So I want to thank you, Ian Baruma for sharing your insights on writing, your reflections on the complexity of politics, arts, and society, and your immense contributions to the public debate. Thank you for adding your voice to the crazy. Thank you very much. We hope you've enjoyed listening to these highlights. To listen to the latest episodes or learn more about participating in exhibitions or interviews, click on subscribe. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.